Good morning, everybody. I was going to say good afternoon there, but I forgot we started earlier. Could I ask people, I'm not, uh, I would just like, I feel people are, I know Nick's been asking people, but I feel people are a bit back today, maybe because Nick's been asking people to come forward, but could we move forward a wee bit, please? Just move forward to the seats in front of us, please, so we can have a bit of community. You don't need to move right in, but move forward, please. Thank you very much. And it's a privilege today and it's an honour to be able to share the word of God with you. I'm just going to sit that in here. Thanks for that. Now we'll pray. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that you reign in the throne of heaven today. Just as that song says, that your dead body began to breathe again, Lord. We thank you for the dead body, Lord. It's horrible to look at, but it's also beautiful because that's where we find freedom. That's where we find liberty because you died and paid the price, Jesus. But you're raised for the dead, O oh God. You're in heaven, O oh God. And you came and you spoke to the disciples and encouraged them. And as we go through the book of Acts, Lord, we pray for Dan and Nick. You would anoint them afresh with the young ones, Lord. And I pray for myself also and the people here that you would be high and lifted up, Jesus. You would be glorified. Holy Spirit, come and have your way and speak, Lord. Today we pray as we listen to your word. Amen. So the book of Acts, we are still in Acts 6. So in Acts 5, Nick spoke about a difficult subject last week. And I thought the preaching was wonderful. And I'm not saying that to stroke his ego. I'm saying that because I was blessed sitting under the ministry. And I hope you have been too. It's been very exciting going through the book of Acts. What a book it is. What a book. And Nick spoke about Ananias and Sapphira. But in the second half of that book, there is a man... What happens? I'm just going to share this quickly and then I'll get into the word for six. Last... In the last chapter, you've got to realise what's happened. They have preached the word. They've been put in prison. And an angel's appeared in prison and preached to them and told them to go out of prison, take them out of the prison and go right back into the square and begin to start preaching the word again. This is awesome to me. The power of the Holy Spirit, the dedication and the boldness of these men who were Scared. Peter was scared when Jesus was being crucified. And some of us can be like that, can't we? But emboldened with the Holy Spirit, these men became willing to be whipped, to be battered, to be put in prison for this man, Jesus Christ. And I hope today as we go through Acts 6, that we would be emboldened, we would be encouraged to be bold and be honest about God with this generation. There was a man called, he was a Pharisee, Gamaliel, and he said to the Sanhedrin when they were, going to, they were going to punish them and they were wondering what to do with the apostles. Gamaliel, his name was, and he said, 
See, these are these other men raised up before. He says, and they fell away. See if what they're doing is of man, it'll fall away. But see if this is of God. We, we, we will be fighting against God. Because when God starts something, there can be opposition against it. But when it's God, it'll work because God's in it. So he, I think it was brilliant wisdom that he had to give them. So that's where we're coming from into Acts 6. And Nick, Nick said, I, I, the, my preferred uh, Bible to read is the NIV. That's just the way I've learned. But I'm going to read, for, sorry, the, the, the New King James, but I'm going to read for the NIV because that's the way he's like it done here. Praise the Lord. I can, I can go with that. Hallelujah. But I will interject because sometimes it's good to read different Bibles. Sometimes some sound brilliant. Sometimes they miss a wee word here and there. And see if it's good for edifying. Then we sh- anything that's going to be good for edifying, good for our spirits is good. Amen. In those days when the number of the disciples were increasing, put my wee stopwatch on so I don't go on too long don't shout me down if I'm preaching good <laughs> not till free <laughs> okay in those days when the number of disciples were increasing the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from, from among you who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom the other translation really gets it. A lot of the other translations it said, who are of a good reputation and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Most other translations put that in and I think it's very important. We will turn this responsibility over to them. And we, the apostles, will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This purpose pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit and Philip help me Lord (laughs) no I've been practicing thank you Lord I need your help Prochorus Nicanor Nicanor sorry Nicanor Nicanor Timon they're Greek boys Parmenius and Nicholas from Antioch a convert from Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. So the word of God spread and the number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of the priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, The other translation says, Great Stephen, a man full of faith and power. I like that. I like that, full of faith and power. 
God's grace is good as well, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposing, sorry, opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freemen, as it was called, Jews from Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they were not able, they, they could not stand up against the wisdom and the spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witness who testified, this fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. And we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. Hallelujah. So, 15 verses today, but I've got a few different things I would like to speak about. The first part of the scripture in Acts 6 is the widows being overlooked. So, God has said that widows who are true widows when you read the Bible have to be honoured. They have to be looked after. They have to be taken care of. You know, and they also, he also doesn't want people being treated differently. James also says that if a man comes into your company or your church and he's got raggedy clothes and he's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he's even smelly. And you sit him away up the back and then another guy comes in and he's got a Rolex watch and a nice ring and a lovely suit and you sit him down the front. Then we've not to do that because it's shown partiality and God loves all people and he wants us to love people as they come through the doors. But in this context, there was probably, see the, the Jews, the Hellenistic Jews were Jews who'd probably been saved I came to faith in Jesus at the day of Pentecost. They were, they were Greek-speaking Jews who were not from Jerusalem. And the, Jew, the Jews who they were saying, the, the other Jews were the Hebraic Jews as well. They were the Jews. So what they felt was that their widows had been looked after, but ours aren't. And it was probably, it could have been a language barrier, it could have been a number of things. It could have just been they weren't getting treated right. But they did what they did do. What they did do is they complained, it says. It says they complained against the Hebraic Jews. And I'm just wondering, can strife happen in good churches? Does strife happen? in places that are really seeking God. This was a good church, wasn't it? They were seeing miracles. They were getting baptised in the Holy Ghost. They were seeing, 
Peter's shadow in the last one of the chapters was healing people when he was walking by. You talk about a church that's alive, but they still had things. And then churches will have things, won't they? But let me say this as well. The best thing to do is to go to the leadership if you think something's wrong and tell them what is wrong, wrong without griping, without moaning, without backbiting, without all the things. Go to the leadership. The leadership had the wisdom to deal with this thing as well. So the second part I would like to speak about as well is in verse 2 to 4. So the twelve gathered and all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God to wait on tables. So the word of God is precious. They people are all the people in here are precious. So there's a calling there. There's a calling on these disciples. The 12 were actually 12 and then they became 11 because Judas betrayed the Lord. They went down to 11 and they needed another apostle. So what they done was they chose and they got Spirit of God, two men. Who are you going to choose? Matthias. And they anointed him and he came in and that's how they were 12. So what they're doing here is they are saying this is a real need and a real issue but the main issue for us and our calling is to preach the word of God for the apostles and that's what they've done so in their wisdom and in their calling and in setting up the church the way it should be they were ordaining people they were bringing folk into the ministry what they've done is brothers and sisters choose seven men from among you who are or of, of a good reputation, I think that's important, known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. So the three things is a good reputation, somebody said a bad reputation, but when we come to Jesus, he can give you a good reputation. He can begin to work in your heart and move in your heart and give you love, joy, give you the word of God, begin to work in your testimony full of the Holy Spirit that isn't just a, a doctrine for Pentecostal people to be filled with the Holy Spirit it is actually what the church got birthed with a spirit filling it's a filling in your heart where you're in love with Jesus so much and the gifts and the, the love of God flows from you as well and wisdom everyone is need wisdom don't they James talks about it. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Because when you're working and serving tables, these guys were coming to serve tables. Okay? So you've got these seven guys, right? Five of them probably I've not heard much of. But Stephen became the mighty martyr for God. He was the one that would look at Jesus in the next chapter when Brother Nick brings it. He's, he's a shadow of what Jesus happened to him happened to Stephen you've got Philip who's an evangelist who gets called for a revival and goes away and leads a eunuch to Jesus and he brings the word of the Lord to all these people I'm going to speak about that in a minute but where did they start? serving tables his character was there his godly character was there he was, he was learning about Jesus 
and they saw that and they looked at that and they called them into the ministry and they said, you know what? You look after these, these widows, you serve these tables. And that was the start of him becoming. And I've thought about this. Not everybody becomes a Stephen. Thank God. Hey, thank God. We've heard about the persecuted church, haven't we? Still happens today. But not everyone is going to be martyred or have that. The heavens open up. Not everyone is going to be a Philip. If there's Philips here, hallelujah. We'll call them out. We'll raise them up. But there might be a Nakana. There might be all the different names. Your gifting might be be serving, serving in the Sunday school. It might be waiting at the door and welcoming somebody in, starting there. The gifts of God, wherever your talent is, use it. That's what these guys done. And that talent and that gifting became mature as they walked with Jesus as well. And I like the fact that it says, seek out from among you. They never went anywhere else. They went to the people that they had. Seek out from among you. Verse 5 and 6. I like this translation. We will give attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Let me remind you, the wee prayer meeting on Tuesday night has absolutely gone great. It's, it's increasing in number. We are seeing miracles happen. We are praying for people and people are getting saved. People are getting rehab. People that are unwell. We're praying for them and we're praying for the needs in the church. I welcome you as they devoted themselves to prayer. You might say there was a call in their lives. There's a call in your life. And I invite you. We want to see that blue room full with people praying because a praying church can see the mighty works of God done as well so I just encourage you in that this purpose pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit also Philip Prochorus Nacarus Nacanor sorry Timon Parmenus Nicholas and Antioch a convert for Judaism they presented these to the apostles and they laid hands on them. It's good that when God, when God, when the leadership, I'm not just saying this, when the leadership was chosen in this church, I said, Amen. I said, Amen. Because I, I believe that's God working. I was speaking here, I forget the privilege of speaking today for the glory of God. Last week when the prayer team was here, I went up for prayer. And they spoke on me and prayed for me for, for the day that I would have the Spirit of the Lord and everything. They spoke life over me. So I praise God. It pleased the whole multitude. When God chooses and when, when he's worked together as a unit, he's worked together as a family, he's worked together and call out the gifts and the gold, the character of God in each other, God comes down and anoints that. And it pleases the whole multitude. It pleases the whole multitude when we operate in our giftings, when we encourage each other, when we bring the Lamb of God to each other. What, what is it Nick says? Ask each other, how are you doing with Jesus? How are you doing with Jesus? It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's not to bring people down. How are you doing with Jesus? So the word of God spread. They laid hands on them. The word of God spread. The number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a great number of the priests became obedient to the faith. 
Nenau. Now I want to speak about the laying on of hands. This is a wee point I want to want to labour today just to bring out the scriptural, the scriptural significance of the laying on of hands. What does the Bible say about it? Is it biblical? Is it for back then? Is it for today? These are valid questions, aren't they? Does the Bible say that we should do it? Does the Bible say we shouldn't do it? These are valid questions. I search the scriptures. Personally, it has been a great experience for me just when I get saved. A pope laid hands on me. I asked that I'd be filled with Jesus. And it's just been natural. It's not been a very, very thing. It's just been awesome. I love it. I love it. It makes me closer to Jesus when folk pray with me. It makes, I can help folk get closer to Jesus when I pray with them. Simply. So in Joshua, Joshua, remember Joshua? There was Moses and Joshua got raised up. Joshua got inaugurated, it says. God said to Moses, choose Joshua, a man who has the spirit and lay your hands upon him. Call him into the ministry and he will have power, authority and responsibility. He actually says he's, he's, what the, the power Moses had over the people, he gave part it to Joshua. And when you read it, it's in Acts, it's in Rome, Numbers 27, 12, 12 to 22. Read it, it's beautiful. And that's the way back in the Old Testament. They prayed and they laid hands on him. And what happened, they said to him, when you say to the people, go out, they'll go out and when you say they come in so there was an authority given and that's what the disciples were doing here they were saying you are chosen for God we're anointing you for this work and it wasn't just waiting tables when you read the rest of the thing these guys done Woo! amazing honestly amazing putting prisons and angels are breaking them out and some of them were martyred most of them were martyred as well but that Holy Ghost power was given and Joshua used to love being in the presence of God as well. I pray that we all love being in the presence of God. Also, Mark. Mark speaks about laying on the hands. And it speaks about these signs will follow. And Jesus has just went up into heaven. And he's gave a message. This is his last message before he goes. Apart from through Paul and all that. I'm talking about Jesus. This is his last message before he goes up. It speaks to them again after that, but as a man going up into heaven. And it says, And these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. So laying hands on the sick. In this instance, it was for ordained. They were getting called probably as deacons. They were getting called to be servants. But in this context, you can lay hands on folk with faith and pray for their healing. Pray that they be healed. Pray that they be set free. In this, it's lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Healing is in Jesus. 2 Timothy verse 1 to 6. Now Paul isn't saved at this stage. He's still Saul. You'll read about it next week when he's persecuting the church. But we know he's saved. Who knows Paul was saved? Amen. He's a good, he's a good writer, isn't he? Good. Imagine you were a Christian like him. Woo! That's some follow me as I follow Christ. He's raising the bar there. But Jesus says we have to be like him. <laughs> so hallelujah. And it says in these, it's sorry. He says to young Timothy, 
Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift which is in you, Timothy, through the laying on of my hands. So Paul done it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So in this context, in the New Testament, there was laying on of hands for what? The impartation of gifts. Timothy was timid. Timothy was scared to speak. Paul prayed with him and said, don't be scared. Raise up the gift that I've prayed for you and you've got the gift. And you know Timothy was a mighty man of God as well. So you can stir up the gift that is in you that has been given with the laying on of hands as well. And this one as well, in Acts 8, I don't want to steal next thunder for the coming, the coming weeks, but I, I, I'm trying, I just feel led to sharing this subject today. So these people in Samaria, Philip, the guy that got hands laid on him, became an evangelist. He was seeing the miracles of God happen. Who would like to see the miracles of God happen? Who would like to see folks saved? Who would like to see people delivered? Jesus is the power. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, people. It does not change. So what had happened was Philip was moving and he's gifting. He was moving by the Spirit. And he'd went and preached to the folk in Samaria and they had became Christians. They'd got Jesus in their life. It says they'd been baptised into Jesus Christ. And then the apostles, James and John, heard about it. And they went up to see what was happening. To pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. That's what they said. This is, this is biblical. I'm mean, trying to encourage us all. That this, it says, and they went up there and prayed for the new believers. So they were believers. They'd been baptised that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Who knows when you get saved, you, get, you have the Spirit of God. Amen. Thank God for salvation. It's beautiful, isn't it? Sins are forgiven. Total clean in the inside. The work is done at Calvary through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah for the Lamb of God. But this is talking about a filling. This is talking about a filling by the Spirit. But they simply had been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had been baptised. And it says, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I would say they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Donna Marie said she just got that experience yesterday, did you? Praise God. Praise God. God's, got a, God's doing work in this girl. But this is an experience. Who would like a fresh experience with God? Eh? If he's real and it is real and the word of God is true, who would like a fresh experience with God? I don't know about you, I need every single day. Every day his mercies are new, aren't they? The Bible also teaches. Does it teach not to lay hands on anybody? It does. <laughs> lay hands on no man suddenly. That's maybe you're resenting somebody and you're here, you. We've no idea that. <laughs> and if you're on the prayer team, ask before you lay hands. Can I lay hands on you, brother? <laughs> You've not to go here, you. That's, that's before you're saved, or if it's once you're saved, you can repent and get on your knees. <laughs> Amen. For the grace. Lay hands on no man suddenly, neither be partakers of another man's sins. 
but keep yourself pure. Paul says to Timothy as well. So I just want to say one 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 we twenty two minutes, I'm doing okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say one one uh, interject a story. It's good to interject a story. Now I've prayed with people, I've prayed with folk go away to rehab and we've seen the boys that have gone away. One for this church last week, he's doing great. He's doing brilliant. We're so grateful. He's doing great. And we pray that he'll keep doing great. He'll meet with Jesus. Imagine him up here in that two years' time preaching the word. Would that not be amazing? I hope that's a prophetic word. I'm not saying it is. Don't judge me on it, but I hope it is. Eh? But we'll keep praying. That's why we go to the prayer meetings as well. I was working at Lloyd's Kitchens and bathrooms, and I was doing what I could for God and working. I wasn't in full-time ministry at the time, but I was doing the work of the Lord. And I'd been fasting for a few days. It's all right saying it now. You're not meant to say it while you're doing it. <laughs> I'd need to do it a bit more, actually. <laughs> I'm all kidding. Uh, I think we all could be doing that. <laughs> Just being honest. I'm not saying he's a big. I'm saying we're spiritual wise getting hands. Digging a hole. <laughs> right, let's get back to the scripture. So. I was in Lloyd's working. And this guy came in and they said, well, he's been this and he's been that. He's been involved in crime, organised crime. And I went, so was I, praise God. And I started speaking to him. He'd married a lovely Christian girl. And his sister had been healed when he was young. And I'd heard wee bits and bobs about him. So long story short, I came down the stair with him. And I felt the Holy Spirit. That's, a, that's what I ask. When you feel the Holy Spirit, when you're in tune with him and he speaks to you, ask to pray for people. We are the body of Christ. We need to ask. When you feel that unction of the Holy Spirit, say, can I pray with you? Whatever way you do it, your personality can come out. Can I pray with you? And I knew he wasn't right through for God. He told me stuff. He was trying to walk a good life because he'd married a good Christian girl. And I said, can I pray for your sister? It was a bit wise. I think that wisdom came for God because his sister was actually no well at the time. And I prayed for him and I prayed for him while I prayed. And I just put my horn on his shoulder now, a year later, I hadn't heard from him, and he phoned me, and he said, Charlie, and he told me, it's John McInnes, are you still walking with the Lord? And I went, aye. And he went, I can't put my Bible down. <laughs> he says, he's jumping off the page at me. And I went, praise the Lord. And he went, I want to be about people that are real. Can you meet with me? And we started meeting in the morning, and praying early hours in the morning, and, and he's a pastor now. And his church has grown. And he loves Jesus with all his heart. By the way, it wasn't just me. It was me mom, was it? He had a praying mum. You know, a praying mum's a great thing to have. Yeah. So, I'm just giving you an example. At that wee time, there was a contact. And he said, it wasn't just the prayer, Charles. He said, but know what? The prayer done. When I came to God, I knew you were real. And I wanted to be about people. So, if you feel that unction for the Spirit of God, don't be shy with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, I'm going to speak now, Acts 6, from 8 to 15. Now Stephen, full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. 
I just want to stop there. When we move in God, when we are right with God, we can see great wonders and signs among the people. That's what our prayer is, that we would see people set free, that we would see salvation. Do you know the greatest gift, the the gifts are amazing to me. I think they're amazing. But see, the greatest gift, when a soul repents and cuts Jesus into their heart, when somebody believes in the Lord and puts him in their heart, that is the greatest gift as well. But this man, Stephen, see when I look at this and I look at him and I see what he was doing there, he was doing it fearlessly for God. But in the next chapter, his next speak, his fate was written for him. He was not shy with the gospel. Even when they started, I'll not go into the chapter, when they started hitting him, he says he preached fearlessly. You know, and his face was like an angel. Do you know how? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he didn't care what man thought. That's a good place to be. I'm not saying we should be brash, or, or, but the fear of man's a snare. We should have love in that for each other, but we should fear God first, shouldn't we? And that's what these men done, and that's how they moved in signs and wonders. Full of grace. The other, the other translation says, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freemen. The freemen, the freemen were, as far as I've read, like Jews who had been slaves and they'd been freed. So they started their own synagogue. They were called the, 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 the synagogue of the freemen. And they started accusing and looking for fault. The pro- Cilicia and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom and the spirit, the wisdom the spirit gave as he spoke. You might have things, that, there might, there's teachers here, there's great people that are involved in, you know, doctors, there's teachers. You have got a battle in your hands as well, the way things are going, you know, and you need to be, be careful how you do things and stuff. So if this is, if this, they needed great wisdom, but they were still weren't shy, then I pray that that same wisdom is imparted to us to live for this day and age, to bring that wisdom, you know, to bring the, the good news to people in the realms that we're in. And what they were going to do was kill them, but they says they could not stand up against the wisdom that was given as he spoke. But they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against the holy place. What does this remind you of this at this part? Reminds you of Jesus, doesn't it? Remember just a few chapters before when they killed the Lord. What did the Lord do? Nothing but heal people, love people, forgive people, raise people for the dead. See, when you look in his eyes, what do you see? Love. 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 You don't see even judgment. Remember the woman that had committed all the sins? She was weeping at his feet. The Pharisee was judging and he's loving and forgiving. But they crucified them because they were religious and they hated them. And this same man, Stephen, had that same spirit. The spirit of Jesus had filled them up and they were seeing it in them and they were hating it. They were despising it. 
So they made accusation and they made things up about him. They produced false witness. All who were in the Sanhedrin intently looked at him and they saw his face shine like an angel. I would pray with all my heart that in this day we could have love and compassion for everybody that walks through that door, for everybody we meet in the streets we can share Jesus with, but also pray that we can stand with the gospel in this day. For this is a day when laws are being changed, there's all sorts of things happening, and it's no, it's, back in the day they, they used to say, let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of your word and the praising of your name. The gospel was accepted even back then. They saw revival in their days. But now, you're an oddball if you're a Christian, if you want to have a biblical stance on things. We need great wisdom. We need filled with the Holy Spirit. So I just want to finish with this. Today, there'll be people here praying. If you've had the baptism and you want a fresh touch for God, a touch for the Spirit of the living God, come up for prayer. Stay in for prayer. Come one of the leaders, I'll stay as well. We'll pray with you that you get that fresh touch. They got it and got it and got it. Because they had to. They were living in a time where they needed to be filled. Who knows it will leak? Any leaky vessels in here? <laughs> we need to plug it up and get filled up with the Holy Spirit. The character of Stephen was a good reputation, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's important, and wisdom. The laying on of hands is a biblical thing for to impart, to heal, and to bring gifts into people. I just want to remind you as well, if there's things you don't think is right, speak to the leadership and the spirit of love. If things are going well, then hallelujah, eh? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope it keeps doing that and we keep seeing people saved and we keep seeing folk coming in and being loved and being welcomed. But if they only don't gripe and moan, go to the leadership and discuss it with the scriptures. Nick always says it. Come to me and we'll talk about it. Be like the Berean, search out the scriptures and see if these things. And I just want to close with this. Nick speaking on counting the cost. And I want to close. I've named this the character of God's servants. And I pray that we all get that godly character. And if you need a touch for God, come out and pray today, please. But I also want to speak on counting the cost. What does it cost to follow Jesus? It's a life being filled with the Spirit as well. So I just want to pray. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. I want to pray. The worship team's going to come up. And I want to pray that if anybody in here feels they want a, a fresh touch for Jesus, that they would have the courage. They would have the courage to come and pray and ask him for that. Let's pray. God, you know every single person here and we remember when Stephen was martyred, the heavens opened up and he saw Jesus. He encouraged him in his darkest moment. And there's people in here today grieving. There's people in here hurting. There's people in here 
with different things they're struggling with in their lives. There's people in here that's had a first touch for you, but Lord, are longing in their heart to get a second touch. And you look down for heaven today just as you did with Stephen, oh God. Lord, and I, I pray that you touch every heart here and they be blessed with the word of God. They be blessed with your presence this day. And I pray, God, you give us wisdom to work as a body, that we will see mighty things done like they did in Acts. And I pray today, if anyone, Lord, feels you speaking to them, to pray for somebody or to come out for prayer, that you would give them the courage to do that. And we give you all the glory, God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks. Amen.